Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Hope you had yourself a nice weekend. Hope you stayed cool. It's a new week on the Sports Talker, and we've got plenty to talk about, especially on today's show. The British Open comes to a close just about a little less than an hour ago as uh, an exciting finish. I was hoping and rooting for Jordan Spieth. Uh, he comes up just a stroke short thanks to a bogey on 17, misses out on the playoff, and then ultimately Je- Zach Johnson ends up winning it after a four-hole playoff. So congrats to him. He's an American. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. Uh, and it made for an interesting British Open with some weird weather, a whole day that ended up being uh, play being canceled because of wind, and it made for a, a fun Monday. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We've got Kentucky football, basketball news, so you could imagine uh, we'll, we'll have a busy show. Joining me, as always, Trevor Kelsey. Trevor, how are you? I'm excellent, TJ. How are you today? Oh, I tell you, I'm I'm surprised I even have a voice. I for Cats Illustrated every summer we do a podcast uh, series where we talk about every basketball player on the team, and uh, each each one is about twenty minutes, anywhere from ten to twenty minutes long, uh, just breaking down expectations, um, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, so we did we recorded that today, and we do it all in one sitting. And obviously, you could imagine 20 minutes, uh, a podcast for 10 or 11 guys, 9 or 10 guys, however many it was. It takes it, it takes some time, and it took a lot out of me. So uh, I have spent a lot of time talking today. Can I ask you a question? What are you talking about for 20 minutes about a walk-on? Well, there is only one walk-on in EJ Floral, uh, but Wait, usually— After like two minutes, what do you start discussing? Like his favorite midnight snacks? I mean, is it going to sound like the— the bio page and a media guide where it talks about what his favorite TV show to watch at 1 a.m. is? It sounds like uh, you need to listen to the podcast to find out. Uh, Nice sell, but uh, why don't you just give me a teaser right here on the uh, Sports Talker about it? Well, usually we we lump in the walk-ons together, but since there's only one on this year that we we know about, uh, we, we just did him on his own. And you you talk about a guy like uh, EJ Floral, Floriel, Floreal, however you want to pronounce like it. Come on, twenty minutes discussed him. Surely he's not to pronounce his name by now. Um, he he's a, his dad is the track coach at Kentucky and uh, turned the track program from one of the worst to one of the best, at least from the women's side of things. And um, he could have played EJ could have played basketball in a, a lot of places. I don't know if he could have played at a Power 5 school, but certainly some lower-level places and, and been a, a great player, but wanted to follow his dad to Kentucky. Um, his dad said, if you want to play basketball there, that's all on you. I'm not going to use any influence to get you on the team. So he went and met with Calipari. and uh, it, It's actually a pretty fun story, and he's probably one of the more athletic guys on the team in terms of um, you know athleticism, bounce, uh, vertical, You know how he'd measure out. He certainly would be up there. Uh, so we just talked about some of those things. Uh, we we made it very clear that it was very unlikely that he was going to get any playing time this year. But there were some scenarios where if Jamal Murray didn't end up at Kentucky or uh, 
you know, he could have had a bigger role. So we talked about what it would take for him to get on the floor, but openly admitted that it was very unlikely to happen this year. So that's what you talk about for 20 minutes, Trevor. And and for him, his would be shorter. His was probably 10 minutes tops or 11 minutes. I, th- I but, think you know, two minutes would have been suffice. Yeah, I'll just say, yeah, he's probably he, he very unlikely to play. I mean, I find it funny that you're going to spend more minutes talking about him than he'll ever spend on the court this entire season. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, but that's that's it, these are podcast numbers for for this basketball series. They get really good ratings uh, or or listens. They get downloaded a lot on iTunes and also on the website, like sports talker level. Uh, close, close to it. Um, but these, uh, for, for some of those guys, obviously they'll be a little less than, than the other ones, but you know, people still want to listen, hear an opinion, see if there's anything they're missing. And, um, so that's why we do every player, but it, it, it takes some time and it takes uh, a lot. It takes a lot out of you talking that much about the potential of, uh, each player for UK basketball. It seemed like the consensus and I was with Brett Doss and my boss and Alex Forkner, who I work with. And they've both been on uh, the show a few times. Trevor seems like we both, or it seems like the three of us agreed that Scalabissier should be UK's best player next year. Um, I was very adamant about Jamal Murray and how good of a year I think he can have, and I wasn't shy about that. They weren't as sure as I was, but they both said that Jamal. So we all three agreed that Jamal Murray would be UK's leading scorer next year. What do you think of that, Trevor? Uh, I think one you you are do you are putting a lot of your eggs in one basket with Jamal Murray. You've been uh, very upfront about defending him against anyone who's thought otherwise of him being a first team almost All American level talent coming into Kentucky, uh, and I admire that. But it's, you're putting it out there for Jamal. You might want to let him know that he's got a lot on the line this year alone. Not as not to include his own personal reasons, but your your reputation as well. Uh, does he lead a team in scoring? Um. I'm not gonna. I would. I would want to say. I would. Argue, I'd love to argue Labissier to do that, but I would be. I, I'm. Gonna, I'm probably gonna say with you. When more likely, your leading scorer is probably going to be a wing player, at least even in college basketball. Even if your best player is a big man, big men usually, especially Kentucky. I mean, you look at even Towns average what like ten points a game, eleven points. I mean, most of them are gonna get their points, but on an average, I'm probably gonna go with the wing players because they're gonna get the most shots. Yeah, that's that was my line of thinking, and I said in the podcast series that you know if Murray gets 16 points a game, I think Labissier would be at 15. It, it would be right there, um, but it would be interesting. This team does have a lot of scores, not so much in the interior because again, what have we seen out of Marcus Lee to make us think that he's going to be able to score? I do think he'll get better, and I and I think his post game will be a bit more advanced. But uh, you know, it's. I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't know what kind of score Briscoe is. I think Poitras is a glue guy, so obviously, I don't look at him as being a a high high point volume score. Even though I'm not saying he's not going to average three points a game, but not a high volume enough to lead a team in scoring. So, I mean, I would if I had to guess my three that it would be, it'd be Labissier, Murray, and I, I guess Briscoe just because out of mystery alone, and his mystery is higher ranked than than what Mulder would be. Yeah, it, it would be those three. I think most people would agree. Uh, but the the interesting thing, like I was saying about Labissier, is his ability to score in the post. Nobody else will have that for Kentucky. So if they're throwing it inside, they're likely going to be throwing it to him. 
uh, anything on the perimeter could come from a series of guys, including Tyler Ulis as well. Uh, but I, I just think Jamal Murray will end up having the ball on his hands the most and, and average, will average the most shots throughout the season. A really talented player, and rightfully so he should. Briscoe likely not too far behind uh, those those two. But, I, yeah, I think he'd be rounding out the th- top three. And I think most people would, would agree with that. Now, So if I are, put Murray's scoring average this year, the over-under at 14, what do you take it? I would take over. And I, I would the, I, averaging I, more I than 15, 14 points a game is even in, a, in college is not a, is a pretty nice task. Yeah, it's it's certainly not easy to do. And and fourteen would have been uh, the leader last year for Kentucky. Do you know who ended up averaging the most points for UK last year? Um, no, I'm off the top of my head. I don't have it right here in front of me. I know who the leading scorer is. I just want to double check to make sure I know. Um. I mean, was it was it one? Of what, the, was what, it Aaron? It was Aaron Harrison yeah. at eleven points. I wanted to make sure I had the point total right. I knew it was him. Uh, Aaron Harrison at eleven points. That surprise you? No, because again, I go back to my what I said when I when I agreed with your Jamal Murray is that more more often than not in college, even if the big man is the best player on the court in, in terms of talent and physical physicality, guards usually you're going to get more shots. It's a, it's a wing position in the college basketball. That's why it's a a wing-oriented sport. I mean, that's why you have to have guards to be successful more so than you need, need depth at the, at the front line or even talent in the front line in some cases. So I'm not, I'm not surprised that a guard would lead them in scoring. Undrafted, Aaron Harrison averaged more points than number one pick Carl Anthony Towns. But he's been signed. Unlike, I don't believe his brother's been signed yet, has he? Andrew Harrison, I'm not 100% sure if he has or hasn't been. I, I By all accounts, I think he plans. It, it, it seems like he will. Well, I'm sure he will in Bosnia, maybe, but but yeah, no, he's gonna be a good, he's gonna be a good, he's gonna be a good NBA addition to the Iowa City uh, uh, D League team, is what you're trying to say. He's gonna be a good NBA point guard. You know it. I know it. He outshined Russ Smith during the summer league, and that breaks your little heart to R- hear. Really? It. Was uh, no, that was Aaron that missed the layup that Russ hit the game winner on, wasn't it? To uh, in the summer league championship game. It's not all about. It's not all about. I mean, how do you miss a game-winning layup? Come on! And I'm defending Aaron. I've said he should have been drafted over Andrew six days of the week and twice on Sunday. They'll figure it out. I think we both know that. But um, maybe, maybe Aaron, that, maybe Aaron should act like Andrew to try to just at least get him signed for for, for a couple of days, just to maybe uh, impress somebody enough to give him a contract, and then Andrew can switch back in like a Freaky Friday version. Did you hear about Jordan Mickey's new deal with the Celtics? I knew he was uh, having some uh, inabilities to come to terms with a second uh, with uh, with the Celtics, but I did not see the the, uh, the terms itself. What are they? They agreed today. This is kind of surprising. He was a second round pick, correct? Second round pick. Yeah. They agreed today to a four year, five million dollar deal, which makes him the highest second rounder the the uh, the highest contract for a second rounder in NBA history. Yeah, that's. Um... I, I'd love to use the exact word to describe the mindset of the Celtics in that in that process, but you might I might as well not do it because I have to dump myself. So uh, we'll we'll just keep it at that. Uh, kind of you know five million doesn't ultimately sound like that much money when you're talking NBA. Yeah, a, a four year deal to a second round pick. Listen, yeah. if, he, if he was if he's worth a four year deal, don't you think one of the other thirty four teams that could have picked him before you would have maybe taken him? Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're really happy that he felt to you. I do like happy. Jordan. Mickey. You had three picks before you took him. 
I do. I do like Jordan. I, I'm not. I'm not on the Celtics side. Side here. I I do like Jordan Mickey. I think he will be uh, a decent NBA player in time. But to say that you're going to you're going to pay him the most out of any second rounder, which I guess ultimately whoever held that statistic, Trevor, the highest paid second rounder, would. We'd be, having, we'd be having this conversation about anybody, don't you think? Well, I think that I think he may have just broken uh, the Pacers. Uh, they gave Joseph Young a what a two year deal at one point two something, I think, a year, uh, which was ridiculous, especially in hindsight. Now, when you look back at the Pacers, apparently went over the cap and don't even have enough money to give Monte Ellis the deal they offered him, which does not break my heart. By the way, they're going to get it done, but still, I'm, I'm hoping and keeping hope alive that it won't get done. But they gave him a, they gave him over one million a year as well. So I'm assuming it's if that wasn't a record when they gave it to Joseph Young, which I liked as a pick of Joseph Young, but I don't like that contract. Then then I don't know who could have been they would have broke. I don't know who would I don't know what second rounder coming out of college would have gotten more. No way, no no second rounder's ever gotten a four year deal. That that has to be a a record of three and a half years beating out the previous one. Well, they if if something goes wrong with Jordan Mickey or he just doesn't pan out like so many second rounders don't, uh, I think people are going to have a good laugh at the Celtics' expense. <laughs> well, they, and you know who's going to be leading that laughter? Jordan Mickey. <laughs> Mickey went before Montrezl Harrell, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he went one pick after or right before. I think it was right after Montrez. They went right really? next to each other. Yes, I, I would look it up and confirm it, but my internet is still not working here at the studio. You happy about that? Because when not we were happy talking, whatsoever. You didn't seem too happy. I am not happy at all right now. I do. Do, does, do I sound? Do I sound upset? On, oh, do I come out as upset over there right now? Jordan Mickey was a, a pick after Montrezl yeah. Harrell, so don't you? So Montrezl Harrell knows what he needs. I guess he probably already signed with Houston, or did he? Uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't believe I saw his name uh, linked to a signing, but I know he did look pretty damn good in the uh, in the last couple games of the summer league out in Vegas. Looked like he put on a little weight, but he's also looked good. He did. He did look like he added a few pounds. Patino would not be happy. He I'm sure. Like you ever seen the movie Great White Hype with Damon no, Wayans? No, of course oh, I haven't it's seen. A, it's good, good comedy. But uh, he he plays a boxer who once they want to promote him, he looks unbeatable, and they figure they're going to promote him against this guy that beat him once as an amateur. Some guy had no business in the ring, and when Damon Wayans finally gets to the ring, he's got like a pot belly. He's eating ice cream. He didn't train at all for the fight. Of course, he won the fight, but. Not to give any spoilers to a early a mid '90s cheesy comedy, but that's go. Just if you ever watch that movie, think to yourself, "Oh, that's the guy. That's the character Trevor was saying Montrez looked like in in, in Summer League." You know what? Uh, just like everything else, he was damn right. I don't know if I'll uh, if I'll remember that, but okay. Uh, your your Phoenix Wildcats or your uh, or your Kentucky Kentucky Sun or your Kentucky Suns play in the NBA Summer League Championship tonight against San Antonio. So that includes Devin Booker, Archie Goodwin, uh, and obviously Josh Harrelson, who's having a, a pretty darn good summer. Those two, I think, combined for, what was it, something like 50 points in the semifinal game last night. Devin Booker leading the way with uh, 31, which is a, a good game for the, for the, UK, for the former U.K. player and, and rookie in the NBA. Josh Harrelson just trying to make a, a, a team, or at least get, further workouts with the team i think he's done that with the summer that he's had uh, time will tell but uh, how many how many kentucky fans do you think are going to tune in tonight trevor uh it's, well i don't know it's it's an, it's it should be a good raw in the night uh coming off a of pay-per-view yesterday so 
What um, happened with <laughs> the Undertaker last night? He showed up. Not he was not, all, it wasn't how a, old does that guy have to be? He's he's in his forties and he shows. Trust me, uh, when you see him, it wasn't really the. Unfortunately, in today's era, it's it's hard to, to really sneak anything past anyone with the internet. So it was kind of leaked that uh, he was going to be uh, returning for at least the SummerSlam pay per view, which is the one of the big four pay per views this next month in August. And so there was a lot of rumors that he was going to kind of show up and ruin Brock Lesnar's chance at winning the title. And so it kind of it didn't come as a big a shock to me, or I think a lot of people was maybe it had would have had you know years ago before the internet. Or maybe it did to people who like uh, are living the life like I am right now that don't have internet. But, so did uh, he? He did, showed up. He tombstoned him a few times. He left and uh, <laughs> a few times. <laughs> he did. He tombstoned him three times. And then just he, and he got and up and left. Got got the hell out of there. Yeah, he got up and left and left uh, Lesnar laying uh, motionless in the ring. If there <laughs> were, if it. If wrestling was real, not a spo- not to spoil anybody, well, who would? It's real to me. It's, it's real to me. It's still real to me. Uh, what? Who? Who would actually win if they actually were fighting against one uh, another? Who'd be the best? This wrestler? point, uh, well, between Lesnar and Undertaker. No, just out, out of all of them. Uh well, Lesnar obviously has the UFC background, so I mean, it's kind of uh, hard not to lean towards him. Not to mention, he's just a physical beast. Uh, but uh, if you're talking about actually wrestling in a fight, I mean, there's a lot of bodybuilders, like a guy like Biggie Langston, who's a uh, uh, an Olympic uh, weightlifter, pretty big dude. Uh, obviously, Paul White, uh, also known as the Giant, who's seven one, five hundred pounds. I don't think I'd really want to fight him for real. Being the fact he could palm my head with probably two fingers. Uh, no, that, so yeah, that... th- those are some of the people. You're bigger guys. Obviously, you're smaller, uh, more popular wrestlers that are. Uh, that are successful would not be successful if it was a real fight or a real wrestling match. Yeah, that 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 would be more entertaining to me. <laughs> Although I don't really, I, I, actually, I probably don't mean that because I don't really like M- MMA. I don't like to see people actually beat each other up. I do like boxing because it seems a bit more civil. But well, so you like boxing? That's as fake as wrestling. It's so not. Why don't, why don't you, you might as well watch wrestling. The, the outcomes not. are just as fixed as wrestling are. And at least Can't, in wrestling, you have you have maybe some uh, women walking around in skimpy outfits. Well, I guess you have that box. So never mind. You should like if you like boxing, you should like wrestling. No, no, they're completely different. Captain Arctic tweets in and says, "Watched the whole Suns game yesterday. All three guys played well. Hard to judge in that environment, though. Suns point guard was good for Devin Booker. Uh, was really drawing the defense to him and kicking out to DC for the easy look." I wonder if he means DB for Devin Booker. I'm sure he probably does. I was trying to figure out who DC was, too. Also, who, who uh, played point guard I, for the Suns? I, I think it's TJ Warren is a point oh, guard. TJ Warren's been destroying people in the summer league. Yeah, he's been he's been playing pretty well. TJ Warren's uh, that talent like Booker that's probably too good to be in the summer league right now. Yeah. They might not be good enough to be impact NBA guys at this point. Warren, a first-round pick last year. I think a lottery, if I'm not mistaken. But definitely too good to – to not dominate the 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 uh, summer league. Yeah, uh, well, you you gotta you gotta get out there and play. No, I agree. I mean, he's at that borderline level. TJ Warren, a talent. It's like putting a uh, it's like putting a senior on the JV team. You know, you, you know, if you're a junior and you're on JV, you might as well quit. I mean, just, just of, give it up. 
Speaking of Suns, and there's actually a funny story about what you're talking about. The Suns uh, also playing Alex Lynn, who I feel should have graduated from the summer league, but supposedly has not had the NBA career that many had thought. You know, very struggled last year, uh, many a times last year. Now with the signing of Tyson Chandler, not that Chandler's going to play 40 minutes a game. It's not Lynn, Lynn has struggled last year, and he's not didn't look like he's picking it up as well as I think they thought he would. And that surprises me. I liked Lynn coming out of college. Yeah, uh, I, thought he, of, I thought he needed one more year, though. I did, but you know, we'll see. I agree with that. Uh, speaking of what you're talking about, JV playing for um, or varsity playing for freshman team or JV or no, whatever, a junior or senior playing on a JV team. That just just give it up. Don't be that guy. Don't don't be that dude. If you if you're an upperclassman and, and the coach wants to put you on JV, just quit. Trust me. You just just do it. Don't don't there's walk a, away. There's a, I remember this was all the drama back when I was in high school and, and all these little things mattered. There's a certain high school here in St. Matthews where I'm doing this show from that would put some of their juniors in the JV game when they played their biggest rival, uh, which happens to be sort of in the Germantown area. Uh, and that was always a big deal that they would bring juniors in to play in that game for a meaningless game. Well, now that's uh, just being mean. I'm talking about like you're not good enough to make varsity and you're an upperclassman. They go, well, we'll put you on the JV. That's what I'm saying, quit. Yeah, well, these guys obviously weren't good enough to get serious minute for varsity, but they were still just older and bigger and stronger uh, than, than people a year younger than them. And then also, which is kind of surprising, um, so I follow a lot of recruiting stuff on Twitter, obviously, as you can imagine, a lot of teams, a lot of coaches, and uh, one from the Under Armour League, the – the in, a team from Indiana, from Indianapolis, uh, tweeted out that in their championship game, it, it's the UA Indy Hoosiers is their name, and their championship game for their 16U team, there was an 18-year-old playing on the other team, and uh, the Indy Hoosiers called that team out and put a picture of the guy with his birthday give it on the uh, on the tweet. Which um, man, you talk about awkward. I wonder how that all played out. And they were not they were not too happy about it as you could imagine, um, but yeah that I, I, man I feel bad for that kid that they made play for eighteen U or sixteen U despite being eighteen years old. Wouldn't it be like Danny Amante? It would be yeah it'd be along those lines, which I also kind of feel bad for Danny Amante because it's not like he makes that choice. You know people are I mean, telling he him he knows that. though he knows how old he is. He knows there's an age limit. He knows he's breaking the rules. Yeah. Don't give me the I, I, I'm innocent. He's innocent, completely innocent. I mean, he he knew what he was doing. I mean, it may not have been his choice, and obviously he wasn't the only one involved. But he still knew. I mean, even as a 14 year old, you you know, you may not you may be able to give somebody a leeway in terms of making mistakes, and I do. But he still made a mistake, and he was aware of it. I was going back to try to find that tweet, uh, but it seems like it has been since deleted so i wonder if they worked things out or found out maybe it was a mistake i don't know uh but it was well it certainly was a it was calling that that team out without a doubt uh and um we need to head to commercial break here on a monday hope everybody's having a good day uh, we got plenty more to talk about some ncaa basketball rule changes that i need to get to a former UK player was married, and our friend Mike DeCourcy ranked the top 10 UK players of all time. I also have to talk about that list. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll get you through your Monday. We'll be right back.
You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. Go ahead and add it up. Every cent's accounted for. Look. See this? That's a car. 275000 Might want to hang on to that one. The Sports Talker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky Anna's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. Give them a call, 636-HELP, for any electrical service. Allen Electric will never leave you in the dark. Dumb and Dumber was on TV yesterday. I, you know, he, you and me are on the same wavelength. I was about to say the same thing. I watched that last day. That's why I played that old one. Well, that because I couldn't make any new ones on the internet, but... Uh, I, I, I was watching it last night, yesterday on, uh, I think it was Comedy Central, was it not? Uh, I think so. I think you're right. You know what else? Man, there's a lot of, go on. I was going to say, you know the movie I watched yesterday, it was on HBO, and it made me, reminded me, it was, it just doesn't get enough credit like it should. It doesn't get ranked amongst some of the better 2,000 comedies like it should. That's Shallow How with Jack Black. Well, Shallow How's been on a lot lately. I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. I, I'm a, it's okay, but I, I think it's fairly rated. I mean, no, I disagree. I, I think it should rank right up there with some of the when you talk about comedies of oh. two thousand, the raunchy comedies. What do you you go with? You know, American Pie series, which actually came out, I believe, the first one was in the nineties, but the rest were in the two thousands. Uh, wedding Crashers, Wedding Crashers, and it doesn't, now it doesn't pass up Dodgeball or Wedding Crashers to me, but I think it's top. I mean, if you're going to do comedies of the of the two thousands, two thousand to two thousand nine, Shallow How doesn't make top ten. I don't think so. I, I would need to. I need to sit down and write them all out. But I'm not a big Shell Howe guy, so I don't think it would. It's, to be it's probably. Is, is it safe to say though? Easily top five Jack Black movie. Well, what is that really saying? Though? I'm not. I can't, I can't, I, that's that's for you to bring up, not me. I'm just pointing out the fact that the top. I mean, it's right there with School of Rock to me, which I liked. Uh, and I, let's, let's not forget, it does have Jason Alexander in it. George Costanza, who has a great role in that movie. The scene with him and Timmy, Tom, uh, Tom, uh, and, uh, Robbins, uh, uh, whatever his name is, the guru guy, I'm drawing a blank, I'm, I'm almost called Tim Robbins, uh, is, was spectacular. I mean, I love it when he goes, who, who thinks she's ugly? Bausch and Loam? <laughs> Have you ever heard of the inner beauty? Have you ever heard who let the dogs out? <laughs> I was going to ask, I was going to see if you thought this movie was underrated. It was a great movie day. Uh, on actually, these two movies I would both rank over Shallow How, and they're and they're two thousand comedies. Um, this one is is goofy, but it is still funny. Scary Movie Three. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I the satire movies like that are in a different category. To me. They they're, they're not the same as a regular comedy like a Shallow How or Dodgeball to me. Yeah, I think they're they're, they're spoof movies. I mean they they're not. They're they're good, but they're not. I don't put them in the same category. And and the third one was the third one where they went to the hotel. The third no, that was the second. The, the second, second one's one, the best one. Then second one's when they go to the house. The when house, they went to the yeah. house. Yeah. And the third one was the they made fun of signs, and also the uh, the ring. I don't think I've actually seen all the third one. And the second one, I think, was my. I thought the second one was the best of the of the first two, at least. I think th- I would. I, I think the third is the best. The first is second. The second is third. Uh, but they're all they're all pretty funny. But another movie was on yesterday that I am really a big fan of. But I haven't met a ton of people that are also fans with me. I, I really like Adventureland, and when that's on, I like to watch it. And I would I would put that over Shallow How. That's put the it, one with uh, Michael Cena or Cena, isn't that correct? Is that who's in that? 
It's uh, the, whoever the dude is that played Zuckerberg. Oh no, yeah. See, I get him. I get those two guys mixed up. Yeah, that's not Michael Sin is in Zombieland. Yeah, uh, I always get him and the Zuckerberg guy mixed up. They they, they both kind of I don't know. I know they don't look dead alike, but they both have that kind of nerdy, skinny, white geek look. Who Jesse Eisenberg? I think yes, is yes, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's got Kristen Stewart from yeah. uh, the Twilight Girl. I have not. Uh, I watched it when it first. I think around when it first came out, but I haven't watched it again a second time. So I I, I don't want to pass judgment on it. I, uh, man, that was on yesterday. It was a great movie day yesterday. It was a solid uh, TV movie day on cable. I give you that. Yeah, Roadhouse was on. There was a Back to the Future marathon on. Uh, there. I mean, it was. Yeah, there was a reason why, other than my own laziness, and that I didn't leave the house yesterday hardly at all. Uh, a few things to get to. Uh, one, a buddy of mine who coaches JV high school here <laughs> in, in Louisville uh, texted in and said that he was here in the segment, and this is what he does. He will end up cutting some sophomores who don't have as much potential and, and uh, wouldn't maybe play later on in their careers, and, and really, you know, might be good at the, might be okay at the time, but aren't going to contribute much to the team. He'll cut those guys and end up playing freshmen on JV, which that's what you should do. That's play guys up and, and take some losses and get some guys some experience of getting beat and what it's going to take to get to the next level. I did a story on Dennis Smith, who just received an offer from Kentucky. I don't think he's going to go to Kentucky. Uh, but talking to his dad, who's also his AAU coach, he was telling me how he would play Dennis Smith, his son, up uh, sometimes three years or two years above where he should be. And he said, I knew he was going to get beat. I knew he was going to get discouraged at times. But look at him now. He's one of the best point guards in the country. Uh, that's in, um, I think that's the way to go when, when talking about JVs. And I, 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 it is kind of embarrassing that there would be some coaches out there that would play juniors or seniors on the JV level. And not just that. I mean, if you're the kid, too, take some pride. I mean, I, I went to high school. There was a kid I went to high school with that, that spent one year on freshman and three years on JV. And, he, and he, the one reason he was really even only on the JV team was because he was kind of was he's kind of a sidler. He he wanted to hang out with the popular kids. He was kind of like the sidekick of some of the popular kids, and he wanted to hang out with them. So and they were all, of course on most a lot of them played on the basketball team or the football team or whatever. And he wanted to kind of be a part of the group. So but he was he, I mean, he sucked. He was horrible. And so they put him on, they just kept sticking him on JV because we're talking about Wagner. It's not like, you know, it's the platoon system depth of Kentucky's talent here at this high school. <laughs> so they just stuck him on the JV team and he was okay with it. He was cool. He, you know, he, he was like, yeah, I'm on the basketball team. I'm like, no, you're not. You're a senior on the JV team, dude. I mean, that's just, no, that's, that's like, it's like bragging about pitching a no hitter on a baseball game on a video game system and having it on rookie level. I mean, it's just there's no bragging involved to that. Is that is that what that's like, Trevor? <laughs> that's, that's the equivalent of it to me. Yes. Okay, I, I could see that that would bother you if somebody I mean, were to. It's do... like I, I just I just I just do a I, I bowled a three hundred, but I had bumpers on on the lane. I mean, come on, dude, really? What do you, you just have some pride, man? Um, Captain Arctic is is correcting us, which I'm glad he did. Uh, T.J. Warren isn't the point guard for the Suns because he's a six-eight small forward, so that'd be tough for him to be the point guard. He is having a great summer, though. Uh, the 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 guy that uh, Captain Arctic was talking about that is helping Devin Booker is Mike James. Um, oh, who, God, Mike James is like forty years old. <laughs> he, he is. He went to Miami he, University. He, he is forty. I didn't realize he was that old. He is. I'm not being. I'm not joking. I'm not over exaggerating. Look him up. He's probably forty years old. Hmm, that's interesting. I guarantee you, he's he's no he's no less than thirty eight. I, I I'll put money on that. 
Is there a, a different Mike James? Unless there is. The only Mike James. There is, I, a, there is a different Mike James. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's, this one was drafted in 2000, or undrafted in 2012. Is it his son? <laughs> I, it very, I guess it probably could be. Um, he's a free agent, though. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that could be right. Where did he go to school? Where did the, the, where'd Mike James uh, two go to school? Uh, Lamar. Oh, okay. I must have mean he played for uh, maybe Knight then. Interesting. Uh, but thanks for correcting us, Captain Arctic. And I knew T.J. Warren was 6'8". I just assumed maybe he could – I mean, he's they run the offense through him as a kind of a point forward possibly. I just That's why heard I, Captain Arctic talking about somebody on the Suns playing really well that wasn't Devin Booker, and I know T.J. Warren had been killing it, so I just kind of jumped out and, and said, said him. Clearly isn't, um, but that's okay. Um, all right, so this is something I wanted to do. I'm going to read this on the air right now. So Mike DeCourcy, Mike DeCourcy, who Kentucky fans love because he's generally pro-Kentucky, ranked the top 10 UK players of all time. I haven't read, I haven't seen the list. Neither have I. So I'm going to be reading this with you all. Uh, it's going to be news to me as it is to you, so we'll give reactions in real time. Before we read uh, it, can we take a guess on who our top maybe one or two are? Well, I, I can see number one right now because it's on, I'm on the page. Dan Issel? Dan Issel's number one. Okay, I, I kind of that's, that was kind of an easy one, really. Um, and of course, at his age, he understands Dan Issel's importance. Yeah, he averaged uh, 25.8 points a game. Uh, you know, was at Kentucky for, for a few years, All-American, 1970. Um, he scored more than 27,000 career points. That's in three years, by the way, because he wasn't eligible as a freshman. And um, that's true. And um, he writes that his Kentucky team fell short of the Final Four twice in the Elite Eight by a combined seven points. Ooh, that'd be tough. It'd be a tough way to go. Uh, yes. So that's number one. Do you want to take a guess who number two is? I, I, I bet I, I've, I've seen number two, so I can't do this, but this will be the last time I look ahead. <laughs> okay. It, it's, uh, an, it's, it's an older guy. Uh, we're going to stay older. Um, I'll say... Um, Man, older than Issel? This is Molly. Yep. Yep. Butch Beard? Ralph Beard. Ralph Beard. What am I talking about? Yes. Ralph Beard? Yeah, you got was it. it. Was it right? Okay. Yeah. Ralph Beard, who claims he was the first uh, cover of Sports Illustrated, but we all know he wasn't. Uh, now he is mostly forgotten. Beard was banned from the game following his UK career for accepting $700 from gambling figures. That was all Bill Spivey and company, yeah. Uh, but he was on UK championship teams in 48 and 49. I was dominant. And he said that he was the quickest guy around back in 2003. So that's number two. All right, should we take a guess on number three? Uh, again, older or younger than Issel? I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm with you. I haven't looked now. Oh, okay. Um, Beard and Issel out of the way. I'm going to move up. Uh, I know this isn't going to be him, but I think he should he should get a lot more respect in this list than he probably does. I'm going to say Jamal Mashburn. His impact to Kentucky, I think, is way underrated. I'd say I'm going to say Anthony Davis. I mean, because I, I, if we're talking about best players, I mean, come on, he probably should be. Yeah, but are we going to count what they do after they leave Kentucky? I, I'm assuming we're. Just Wait, I mean, what do you, what do you mean? What look what he did at Kentucky? He well, won a national championship, was Player of the Year, uh, was ended up uh, everything. I mean, he got all the awards. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Don't go, get, don't get don't get a tissy. Number three, Anthony Davis. All, all right. right, all right. I agree with that. Um, and, and I, I don't think Monster anybody. Monster match again gets disrespected. <laughs> so who are you saying for number four? 
I'm gonna stick with him, baby. Go, let's go, monster. Hmm. I don't I mean, think he be, would be. I mean, I, I, could it I'll, be a guy like Sam Bowie? No, I would go Kenny Walker over Bowie. I mean, Kenny uh, Walker was a lot more. I mean, I would go. I would. Yeah, right, I'd probably lean towards Kenny Walker over Bowie, but I could see Bowie being there. Let's see. It's Cliff Hagen. Okay, All we probably right. should. We probably should have thought of that. I'm trying uh, well, to. I'm at, trying to go more modern players at this point, past the uh, dude, 70s. Average 19.2 points, 13.4 rebounds a game, won a championship in 1951. So I could see that. All right. So number five, you're probably going Mashburn. Yeah, he's going to be on there eventually. Damn it's, it! There he is. He's there number five. He is, uh, yeah, three spots too low. <laughs> and um, obviously, we all know about Mashburn, what he did. Apparently not. Apparently, of course, he doesn't know enough about it. So you're saying he should be higher than five? I'd put him at least above Hagen. No disrespect to Cliff. Yeah, well, I, I could see that. I mean, you got to think that Kentucky was at the. I mean, you can obviously credit Patino for help bringing it back in the Untouchables as well, but or whatever they called themselves the uh, the, the group, but with Woods and company. But Bashburn was the, was the player in that team. I mean, he was yeah. the reason why they went to me back to the the, the top of the, the the heap as quickly as they did. I agree, and he was. It, it kind of made Kentucky cool again when you yeah. saw a guy like Jamal Mashburn pick. Too bad he couldn't yeah. play defense without fouling every five seconds. Otherwise, he'd been on the court a little longer. Number six is Alex Groza, okay. which, uh, I mean, he's he's really emphasizing some of these older guys, which well, I guess you – Of course, you, he's you an sure. old guy. <laughs> uh, he is. Um, he was on the 48 and 49 championship team. Yep. So – I, I could see that again. I just you know if you, you if you there needs to be a, a steady blend of their careers at Kentucky versus how good they are. And well, Groza I mean, played in the NBA. I think he played with the Hawks, if I'm not mistaken, for numerous years. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Well, I, you I guess didn't watch him. You, he was script was over before you were even a thought. But I mean, what what makes you? Yeah, what that's a good guess. Me not watching the nineteen a guy that played in 1947. <laughs> good okay. point, Trevor. His script was over before your dad was a thought. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so next on the list, coming at number seven, I agree with this one, and I was going to say he needs to be on here eventually. Tony Delk. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have no problem with Delk. Delk's another yeah. one that probably doesn't get enough respect because he's kind of he doesn't, especially with that the lack of pro career. Even though it was a decent career, it just wasn't you know one that would yeah. blow you away. D- uh, of writes, Delk topped seventy-five three-pointers made in all three seasons in the UK rotation. He's a leading scorer on a team that should be the best NCAA championship championship team in the past quarter century. Uh, I think you can make a case maybe all time. So that, I'm okay with that one. Uh, coming in at number eight. All right, so now some of these newer guys are going to need to be on here. This was and, top and ten, right? This is top ten. Okay. Uh, who, you know, so you say Kenny Walker maybe should be Kenny on Kenny Walker here. should get a, get, a, get a respectable nod in somewhere in the top ten, if not right outside it, yeah. Maybe you know, I don't know if Ga- I don't know if Goose Gibbons would maybe get on there. Uh, yeah, I, I I could certainly see that. I mean, he at least um, won a title. I know Walker didn't. Um, would potentially, you know, I, I think Tayshawn Prince maybe could should be considered. John Wall, I think, needs to be in the conversation. Um, and then if you're going to put John Wall, I think you just Carl Anthony Towns just didn't have great numbers, despite obviously being a, a super talented player. So we'll see. Coming in at number eight, we've got. Yep, Jack Givens. Yeah. Uh, you kind of, you almost kind of, but I mean, he was the leader on his team that uh, a '78 championship team that beat Duke, and uh, he was uh, it was one of the key cogs as, uh, even as a freshman on their NIT team. You know, prior to that, that was the same group yeah. of kids that won the NIT. Then four years later, won the championship. 
And DeCourcy writes, Givens 41-point performance and 78 tore apart Duke's zone defense and delivered the fifth of Kentucky's eight NCAA championships. There's Kyle Macy uh, on that team, too, I believe. It's, uh, you know, Kyle Macy could theoretically be in this conversation. I doubt he will be. Yeah, if Goose is uh, number eight to slow and the best part on that team, then I, I could, I'd be surprised if Macy made one of the last spots. We've got coming in at number nine. Give me Skywalker. Kevin Greavy. Uh, I thought about Greavy too, but nah. Greavy was on that team. Or was he, was he earlier than that? When was Greavy? He was seventy two to seventy five. Okay, he was on the NIT team then. Okay, so uh, he didn't get to that national championship. If UK had won the seventy five title game against UCLA, uh, Greavy would be one of the greatest heroes in UK basketball history. He scored thirty four points that night. Yeah, well, uh, you know, if my aunt had again, a sack. You know, Monocle. Sadly, in my generation, Kevin Greavy's a guy you don't hear that much about. No, he gets overlooked. So, so I can't really comment on on that ranking or whether or not that is accurate. And then coming at number ten, Kenny Walker. There we go. There's my man. My two guys are getting completely disrespected. So I yeah, I just don't think there was enough emphasis on some of the some of the newer guys. You're right. You know? And Walker did guys get hurt because he never got anywhere past the Final Four game. And you know he was I guess he was in the '84 Final Four was his only. Did they make another Final Four while he was there? I know '84 team they got. The embarrassment against Georgetown. That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. No, they were – it was the only Final Four team in the 80s for okay. Kentucky. then, yeah, that was uh, – it scored like 10 points in the second half against Georgetown or four points uh, or something like that. Yeah, and a little bit before my time. But right. um, but interesting top ten list. And, you know, I, I, I want some of these older guys. They need to be remembered just because if, if, if they don't, it's unfortunate because – I feel like, and Louisville fans are are guilty of this, Trevor, of talking about how the past doesn't mean anything. It it shouldn't be regarded with what's going on right now. And to a certain extent, I understand the concept of that. But what these guys did back in the early 80s, the 70s, the 60s, even the 50s and 40s, it's still impressive for that time and still needs to be brought up. So while maybe I disagree with some of the course, I can at least appreciate him uh, thinking this all the way through the history of Kentucky basketball, which is such a long um, and, and terrific history in itself. So, so top, uh, three you make? Na- top three names that you did not hear in that top ten that you think maybe shouldn't definitely have been on there, but it should have deserved at least possibly to be on there. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I would say John Wall. Um, I would say potentially maybe Tayshaun Prince. Maybe, um, and, and you know these are some. That's some of the newer guys, um, and then after that, you know, I don't know. I mean, what, what what would you think about a guy like Ron Mercer? Mercer may. I mean, if you say Mercer, you almost kind of say kind of head hand in hand with Walker a little bit, maybe. Uh, yeah, both both, both were only two year players at Kentucky. Uh, I mean, both had obviously impacts, but were two year players. Not that that should matter. I mean, if you're gonna but talk about Davis and Wall and something. I like – I don't mind Wall. Uh, I, you mentioned Bowie earlier. I know the injuries were a big factor, uh, but if you can say Bowie, you can almost say Mel Turpin as well. Yeah, uh, that's they, true. They're kind of hand-in-hand as well too. Um, I can't – I'm trying to think of anybody that you didn't name from the older days that – I mean, I mean, I don't – obviously Pat Riley wouldn't be on there, but I think of Rupp's Runts. I know he's one of the few names that come click in my head that was on that team. Uh, of, of the of those forty late forties, um, 
Wawa Jones could potentially. I mean, if you want to, if you want to, Frank Ramsey. Those are some older guys that yeah, could have been. But those no. Cotton Ash. Yeah, no, I wouldn't rank any of those guys above some of the new ones. I'm trying to think. No, I wouldn't too. But though, I mean, guys that maybe were in the conversation potentially. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. Outside that, I mean, I guess there's who all through the tubby air would you name? Maybe I mean, other than than yeah, possibly Bogans, Bogans or, or Prince or. The, the top two that come to mind where Bogans is, I guess, still trying to get into the NBA at like 38 too. Because he gets, yeah. he's on that Mike James, uh, Mike James uh, syrup. Yeah, the, the, the wrong one. <laughs> uh, but I can't think, I mean, I'm trying to think of, uh, of the Cal Perry area, I guess, uh, other than Anthony Davis and John Wall. Would Cousins be, I guess, maybe is Wall and Cousins go like uh, like a Bowie and, and Turpin, a 1A, 1B type combo because they're on the same team together? I mean. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, Cousins doesn't get the the same love. I, Kentucky fans obviously love him, and anybody that watched that 2009-2010 team in depth knew that DeMarcus Cousins was every bit as important as John Wall. Oh, yeah. But John Wall was the sexy sexy player. He was the, the one that did the dance. He was the one that brought Kentucky basketball back, uh, which you could make the case that DeMarcus Cousins did all those things, just not the dance. Um, but he's he's overlooked. If you know, if wasn't about, so good, I wouldn't hate him so much. Yeah, I'm sure you probably wouldn't. Uh, Captain Ari says, Grevy is my homeboy. Grew up in the same neighborhood. Still good friends with his brother, who's closer to my age. He would have been UK's all-time leading scorer if the three-pointer was in play. How much do we take in consideration the, the team aspect of things? I, I said Walker only made one Final Four. Wald never went to a Final Four. Uh, I mean, how, how much do we you, you move? Does Davis move up because of the championship? What if you know Kentucky doesn't win that title that year? Does that move Davis down? I mean, how much does the team's success surround the players' ranking in this? I think it has to. I think it has to play a a, a decent role, uh, don't you? Oh yeah, I, I mean, no, I think it does. I mean, I, I wouldn't pick it. I mean, go. I wouldn't go with you know. I'd say put a Jody Meeks on there, who was you know a, a, a prolific scorer and a good player on some bad teams. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because you know if Jody Meeks had stayed for the 2010 year, I, I'm of the belief that team wins the national championship. Now that's a big game of woulda, coulda, shoulda, but if he is on that national championship team and he plays an extra year and he averages you know let's say a modest 13 points a game, does does that put him in the top? It probably does, to be honest, Trevor. I mean, does does Tony Delk, and I think Tony Delk probably deserves to be honored, but does Tony Delk get the representation of the 96 team, so to speak? I mean, is, yeah, does Kenny Walker I, represent the, 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 the 82, 83 to 85 or 82 to 85 era, that little team where he was there? Does he just represent him because he was maybe the best player on that team and you can't take yeah. a second player? Is that how it's going to work? I mean, I think that is how it's going to work. Okay. And, I, and I think, I think that um, – I think what you do in terms of postseason success was weighed heavily in in Mike DeCourcy's rankings, and, and it should. Yeah. I don't know if it should be the end all be all of the ranking. Therefore, maybe it's the reason why Mashburn's five and not three because they lost in the final four and lost yeah. the lead eight in final four in his tenure. Of course, they didn't go to the tournament his sophomore year, but because they got yeah. caught cheating. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, that's what happened. Everybody was doing it, next, man. Next, yeah, yeah, not everybody was sending cash through FedEx. You know that 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 seems sort of fixed to me, Trevor. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what Chris Mills's dad said. And that seems sort of. By the way, Chris Mills still, I believe, uh, the first triple double in Kentucky history. Interesting. Um, I I don't. Does anybody have a triple double in Kentucky history? Chris Mills. I don't know. I can't. I don't think anybody has anybody had it since. I don't think so. I think he's still I, the only one. I, 
I know that during the Anthony Davis days, and, and there's been a few times, Kyle Tucker is the king of going crazy over triple doubles. And I thought maybe it was that nobody had done it, but no. maybe it's just nobody had done it in forever. No, I know I know for a fact Chris Mills has done it. He did it before he transferred to Arizona, it, along with LaRon Harris, LaRon, LaRon Ellis, and the other uh, rats that jumped that ship once they got busted in 88. Well, that was a, a fun list from from Mike DeCourcy of the of the sporting news. I know he's not listening to the show to know that we just used some of his content he to, to fill up our to rate to fill up our radio show. But uh, it was fun for him to take that. I hope he does that for for more schools than just Kentucky. I would imagine he probably will. But uh, that was fun, so I, I appreciate him doing you, that. You'd he, have to do it. You can't pick it for any school. Like, what would be your top five schools that should have a top ten list? Kentucky, UCLA, Indiana, maybe. I mean, Louisville would be kind of. I would want Duke, obviously. Duke, yeah. See, I, I feel like even Louisville would get kind of – you would start getting thin after five or six. I'd like to – Kansas, I think, should be up there too. Yeah, Kansas. I mean, obviously, well, Chamberlain, you know, yeah, would be on there. I'm, I'm going for more of a, a recent standpoint, like, since I've been alive. No, I, w- so, I want somebody who has depth that can go back far enough to where I can I, – I have to really debate the top ten, not to where I'm getting around six or seven and going, I'll throw that guy on there even though he probably should be in a top 20. I was watching the the – the NC State 30 for 30, and uh, I guess I had forgotten or overlooked the fact that Louisville was in that Final Four. Oh, yeah. Awesome game. Go back and watch that on YouTube one day. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to just based on the clips of, of what we saw. That was that seemed pretty special. Me and Dugan um, still argue to this day since I've known him about uh, – he likes to give me crap. I've always said that the Billy Thompson missed-dunked around the six-minute mark still was the turning point of that game. Well, I, I would swing. love to. It, it seemed it seemed like one of the all-time greats. Uh, we're going to head to commercial break when we come back. Uh, there's some NCAA tournament rules and some changes, um, and we will talk. Uh, we'll touch a little bit more on this. There's plenty more to get to. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. It's 5 o'clock for you guys. We'll be right back. Back to the sports talker. You don't know my name, do you? Yes, I do. What is it? It it rhymes with a female body part. What is it? T.J. Walker. Nova? Uh, uh, Gipple? On 1450, the sports buzz. Oh! Dolores! It's all right. We're back at 14.50. It's Monday. Besides watching movies on Sunday, Trevor, did you do anything else eventful this weekend? Um, Other than movies and wrestling, of course. Movies and wrestling, yes. Um, I watched uh, well, what we just heard right there. A little, uh, I've been watching the Seinfeld uh, in chronological order on Hulu uh, They've they, since they've added recently. I guess it was last month now. Uh, all the all nine seasons, all however many episodes it was, two hundred, I guess maybe. Seinfeld. I started at number one, and I've been going in uh, order since then, and I'm up to season six now. Oh, you're really you're really burning through. Well, you do a couple episodes. I've been mixing between that and the. Uh, I feel I feel bad that I didn't realize this 
but I uh, I didn't I, th- I thought they were only going to do maybe like twelve or thirteen episodes of the uh, Sports Jeopardy per season. Yeah, and I went on there a few weeks ago and realized that they're up to like episode forty something, and, oh, and I haven't yeah. watched since like episode twelve. I but, still haven't watched one of them. Oh, you're missing out. First of all, they're they're good. Uh, all right, so where do I where do I go to watch them? Go to just uh, it's free. Uh, just get uh, Crackle. Uh, it's a it's like a wannabe Netflix Hulu type thing, uh, but yeah. it is free. There is ads in it, so but they're not long ads. They're usually about fifteen seconds of Buffalo Bot Wild Wing ads, like three of them. Uh, in, in the sports, in the sports talker, but the uh, sports Jeopardy show, but also uh, I think I did. I think it was on Friday that I I watched this. And I texted you. I watched. Uh, I started watching Joe Dirt Two, which uh, premiered on uh, the sixteenth of this month on Crackle, uh, it, with limited commercial. Uh, thanks to uh, I guess Arby's. Thanks Arby's. Even though I would have probably preferred more commercials. Uh, after twenty minutes of the movie, I turned it off. Have not turned it back on, and probably have no desire to turn it back on. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Have you tried? You got to get Crackle to watch it. Well, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to try to get some Crackle going. Once they, once they, they, they went to a scene that didn't have uh, the Tokyo Rose of the trailer park brandy in it anymore. I thought no desire to watch this movie anymore. I have a she, she's right. Up, she's in my top five of uh, of of desire women desires for Hollywood actresses. I, I love her, and you know she has a twin sister too, which makes it even better. Uh, speaking of movies, I had heard that Trainwreck is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'll 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 wait till HBO for that. I'm I've not. heard I've heard good things from credible sources. I might have to go check it out. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I don't know. I'm. You know what? I might check out a ten thirty showing if I got a good enough buzz going on, and I, I feel like it might be funny at that point. But I just can't really. I, I'm. This seems like an HBO movie to me. And I also heard Inside Out is uh, pretty depressing. Now is that the like the Pixar movie or something or? Yeah, or it's Disney, which I yeah I guess Pixar, Dis- Disney Pixar. I could see that being depressing. I mean, The Lion King was somewhat depressing. I mean, who, um, who didn't cry when his dad died? You, yeah, most most depressing mo- mo- movie that was I watched that was end up being very depressing. That was supposed to be a comedy of all time was Click with Adam Sandler. That was, that, was we, that movie was really depressing. <laughs> that for me is, um, I, I thought Groundhog's Day was pretty. Groundhog's Day is not depressing. That's that's a that's a funny movie with Bill he Murray. Tries, he tries to kill himself several times. Yeah, but he does it in a funny manner because he knows he's going to come back to life. Uh, I don't I don't know. And then what's the? Um, I don't. I'm really kind of disappointing myself. I'm drawing a blank on. On this, um, the one where it's a TV show. <laughs> Can you be a little more specific? It, the, the, <laughs> the, the whole his whole life is a TV show, the Truman Show. Oh, well, now, yeah, but that, again, that wasn't. No, I mean, the, the the ripoff of that Ed with that Matthew McConaughey that was depressing because someone gave money to have that made. But Truman Show, I thought was really good. I liked the Truman Show. It's depressing. How is it? Dep- I mean. Because everybody is in on this guy's poor life, and they—it's a just almost it's a big joke, really. Everything he's known is a lie. Imagine if everything in your life, Trevor, was a lie. I'd probably and be was, happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be—I'd be thrilled, actually. <laughs> the Yates texts in and says, "Inside Out is super depressing," and he's also heard good things about Trainwreck. So, I like hey, he's on, he's on board with me. 
I, you know, and if, if Yates gives it a little thumbs up, I, I, that's a credible one. I, I give him that. Uh, Yates has pretty, even though he's never seen Airplane, which is when you mention scary movie uh, type movies, is the number one all time of the spoof knockoff movies. Uh, there's no no debate on that. It's number one, and everything else is way beyond it. Uh, but you know, he's got a pretty good taste in comedies. So I, I might, you know, what I might give it. I like Amy Schumer. I do. I mean, I think she, I think it's getting a little bit too much pub though from. Uh, from any time a movie gets shoved in my throat as much as a movie like Trainwreck, it makes me more worried. Does that make sense? Shockingly, I've heard LeBron is pretty good in it. I get the previews didn't do much for it. I'll say that, but that doesn't mean anything. The previews for two two of my favorite movie comedies, I, the previews or three of my favorite comedies of all time. I remember watching um, video because the previews looked really stupid. And that was first of all Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Thought the movie looked ridiculously stupid. Then rented it on VHS and have not stopped laughing since. Uh, Office Space looked ridiculous on the previews. It was a great movie. And Grandma's Boy, which uh, is one of my also underrated favorite comedies of all time. Uh, was The previews looked really stupid in that, and that movie is hilarious. Yeah, that is that you're you're right about that. Um, okay, while we're while we're off on this movie tangent, why don't we head to we we need to get one more commercial break in, and then we'll come back and there's some more sports things I want to talk about. I promise. Well, we'll we're done with the movies today, so we'll be right back here on fourteen fifty the sports bus. Who dumped a whole truckload of fizzies into the swim meet? Who delivered the medical school cadavers to the alumni dinner? Every Halloween, the trees are filled with underwear. Every spring, the toilets explode. You're talking about the sports talker. Of course I'm talking about TJ Walker. You twerp. Music you liking the music? I'm loving it. It's are great you, stuff. Are you, are you a Blues Traveler fan? Yeah. I had no idea. I like it. I've always been. I've always. I mean, of course, I'm gonna have a connection to any musical group that has a fat guy as their lead singer. I mean, there's obviously gonna be a connection with me and them. But even though he's skinny now, but I, I didn't know that. I have to go with more, some more Blues Traveler and more, more Montel Jordan, and maybe next time. I wanted to give you uh, the Mojo Flow people today, but I don't have internet. Oh man, yeah. We were talking on Friday about Forecastle, and I'd said if uh, a band that I would like to see play Mojo Flow, and they were not on the lineup, but they end up playing there anyways. How did they just uh, show up? Did they crash I mean, maybe the I, party? Maybe they, maybe they were, and I just missed it. Um, I, I got told you though. If it, if it makes you feel better, I I went to the same thing. I, one of my favorite rappers, probably top five to me, is Talib Kweli. I lo- I'm a big fan of Black Star with him and Most Def, and. I, I didn't see him on the, the roster, I guess that we could call it, the lineup list. But it uh, turns out he did show up there. He did a performance with Big Crit on Friday. But he was here because I did not – this doesn't get included with the normal forecast list. He was doing a uh, forecastle after dark type of concert at the Mercury Ball. Uh, apparently they do uh, do uh, after late night concerts there that don't count that include on the forecast list, and he was one of them. So – I, uh, I did not see that, and I was kind of upset because even though I wouldn't have probably been able to go Friday, I was uh, was really nasty out. I was had some other plans going on Friday night, but 
Uh, I would have liked at least considered going to see him because I would like to see Tulip Kali in concert. I bet he's pretty good in concert. Hip-hops are up and down, and seeing him live, we've discussed this, and I think he'd be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, maybe that maybe that's what Mojo Flow did was a late night after dark sort of thing. They just showed um, up at Forecastle and played with the rest of the lineups. Hmm. Yeah. Um it must it must have been something along those lines. Uh anyway, some some news to get to. NCAA announced today that the first four won't necessarily include the last four teams to make it, um, but instead they're going to tweak it a little bit in the selection and seeding principles, including giving the selection committee leeway to compare borderline teams in the field before determining which ones end up in Dayton. So they'll they'll decide which teams make the field, and they'll get that those 68 schools, and then they will announce which four need to um, head to Dayton based on resumes, uh, each each other team's resumes, um, and that that's how they will decide. You like that? I'm trying to figure out how that should be any different than how they were doing it. So, so now they're just gonna. So they're just gonna. Isn't that what they do now anyway by ranking the teams anyway? I mean, what what? Explain to me what I missed that was different. Well, I think uh, here's what it, it says uh, from the sporting news. This year there were six teams seated as number 11s: Texas, UCLA, and the first four participants: Ole Miss. BYU, Boise State, and Dayton. In theory, under the new principle, Ole Miss might have been deemed to have a superior ranking to UCLA and thus might avoid being sent to the first four. So they're going to... They had a superior ranking this year, shouldn't they have been not... I mean, this seems like like they're realizing going, hey, let's get some common sense involved in this. Well, that's that's exactly what it is, and it kind of bothers me. Because the next rule is just the fact that they had to make a press release to to or, or even vote on this to make it official uh, is head scratching to me. So the next one is they're not going to worry about shipping the the number one two seed out of their region to avoid the number one team. Uh, so this is what Sporting News says. Under the revised guideline, the committee will also be able to slide the top number two seed the fifth best team in the field, out of its natural geographic area to avoid placing in the same region as the number one overall. I feel like we should give the NCAA a round of applause for this because why the hell did they have to make this official? Why couldn't they just do this years ago? Why can't you just do this when you do your when you make when you do your committee in the first place on a regular basis? Why couldn't they say? just say, you know what? Uh this team is clearly the you know, we had five teams that could have competed for number one seeds. This is the odd team out, and that doesn't really seem fair to them or the number one seed, overall number one seed, to put them in the same region. So let's make them fly an extra 200 miles and, and make things right. So I, while I'm being very critical here, uh, it is a smart thing to do. So as long as they get it right, ultimately that's all that matters. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's smart. And starting next year's NCAA tournament, uh, you, it looks like they won't put as much of an emphasis on geography, at least in some of these close situations with uh, the the top twos and some of those well, things. Well, the top two should, shouldn't matter. Geography should only matter to the number one seeds. Anything past that, it should make no. You should no. Make, it should no. no, it, well, no oh, okay, okay. If you're a one seed, it's ge- geographic should should matter. You've earned that. Exactly. You've earned that then that honor by being a one seed. But if you're a two seed. And you want to complain about geographics, and you know what? Suck it up and be a one seed. It should two I, seeds should have no no determination on their geographic. 
I agree with you 100%. Uh, that's, that's well said, and um, it's not you know it's not it's not 1960 anymore it's not yeah. 1970 flights are pretty easy to it's come not, by it's not, it's not the 80s or 90s <laughs> you you can you can get to uh point a to point b with not much trouble i don't get why this this is happening well, now in 2015 i mean the geographical t- advantage obviously is for the fan base and, and fans can't travel as easily as a team can i.e. a charter plane or something like that so if you're a one seed, I, I have no problem with you wanting to give a benefit to your you, to your fans by allowing them not to have to travel as far. But for the most case, a lot of fan bases, the teams that are number one teams, number one seed level, your your you know Kentucky, your Duke, whoever it may be, a lot of times those fans are going to travel no matter where you put them. I mean, they're going to be a team that I mean some may travel more than others, but they're still probably going to travel no matter where you put them. Yeah, uh, I I agree with that. Uh, some more news. Coming out today, uh, not today, but earlier or this weekend, uh, Tyler Oden decommits from Louisville, Trevor. Yeah. Again, I saw, I texted this to you and you said that to me on yesterday afternoon. They might as well have had a joint press conference with Juwan Pass on that one. He could have just taken his hat off and be like, here you go, buddy. You can have this. I'm, I'm putting a new one on. That might as well have been what they, they should have done because that was inevitable to happen. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a shame. It's good news for Louisville. But when we were talking about it on the air last week about how they were having so many uh, talented quarterbacks, somebody was going to have to go. And there still might be another uh, head to roll, and so to speak, in terms of someone leaving eventually. I don't know if you'll see it uh, before the season begins or during the season. But I think uh, this time next year we'll be talking about someone who probably had eligibility left at Louisville that won't finish at Louisville. Yeah, um, I. I I agree, and I'm glad. Uh, and, and, and you know, good for at least you know now this kid has plenty of time to to find. And he's 2016 class, so it's not like he's rushed within you know having to be somewhere before the year started. But he now has time to open up his. Uh, he supposedly is not. He's decommitted, but he's he's, he's, re, he's not decommitting as much as he's reopening his recruitment. I don't know if that's just a more of a technical term for it or not, but it's the same thing, I guess. But he's that's what he's doing more than actually decommitting. Might have said Tyler Odin. It's Tylin Odin. Uh, get so, it right. So apologies. Yeah. I knew it was Tylin. I just accidentally said Tyler. Um, I'll call him Thailand. I, I do. I do that a lot. Uh, I mean, it just makes sense for him to likely decommit. He's really, really talented. I, I mean, he is a he's a true dual threat quarterback that um, is a little bit smaller than Jawan Pass. Jawan Pass is better, but he's a, he's a little bit smaller. And I, I think, you know, I don't know where he's going to end up, but I, I think he'll be a good quarterback uh, someday. Um, but anyways, another, another note, Jamal Murray has made the team Canada Pan Am team, um, which is crazy for, for him to be able to do that uh, at his age. So he'll compete uh, here pretty soon. They'll play the Dominican Republic tomorrow and um, well, who else is on the Canadian Pan Am team? You got a roster in front of you? I don't have a roster in front of me. Uh, I can't I Google probably, nothing because I still don't have internet. I could probably get one here in a second. I'm just curious on who else would make that team. I mean, does, does I mean, does, I'm assuming NBA players wouldn't be eligible to be on there, or they might be eligible but probably don't have the time or to deal with it. No, I, I just I, I don't think I think it's kind of out of their. Um, uh, it's it, it's kind of below them, I would imagine. Well, if that's the case, and that's why I would, I'm not really – I'm not saying I'm not trying to down Jamal Murray for making the team, but I think the fact that your NBA players are not going to be on it does make it a little more 
understandable that he would be on the team. Well, I need to need to try to get the official roster. Um, I think Anthony Anthony Bennett might be on it. So yeah, but he barely counts as an NBA player. <laughs> but so a lot of Kentucky fans are trying to decide whether or not they like this. They don't like it. It's good for Jamal Murray. It's bad for Jamal Murray. It'd be better if he was on campus and could be uh, with his teammates and starting to build chemistry. What do you? Which side do you lean on? I'm assuming the negative side of it's more also the fear injury of fear, and you can look at Paul George as being one of those cases now. Since in the recent weeks, George has you know has come out and said in quotes along with Larry Bird that he would want to play in the Olympics again, and Bird would support him doing it despite the injury that occurred that literally cost the Pacers. I don't mean figuratively; I mean literally cost the Pacers the entire season. Uh, I, I'm for it. You know, I, I, I'm one of those, you know, if you haven't learned this about me yet, I don't, I don't think you should look, you should make your decisions on the fear of an injury. I mean, you can get injured in the summer league games. Why? I mean, why would you put Carl Towns out there at any, any point if you're going to fear injuries in any way? I think that's a ridiculous excuse to use. Uh, I'm not, so I think I get the chemistry idea of maybe having him on campus, but I don't think it's going to hurt having him out there. Playing, even though it may not be the NBA level of, of of competition with the Canadian players or the other countries, but it's still good competition. It's good playing time if he is going to play. Now, if he's just going to sit the bench and not do anything involved with it, I'd be a little more iffy on wanting him back down here instead. Uh, even though I guess he'd want to be able to support his country. I don't know how much pride Canadians have. I can't imagine not a lot, but I mean they might. But I, I'd like him at least – if he's going to play, I'm all for him being there because that gets him on the court, gets him more playing time, gets him more experience against competition like you were talking about earlier in the JV freshman scenario. He's literally playing up in that competition probably. Yeah, he's uh, – so Anthony Bennett's on the team. Brady Heslop are some names that you would probably recognize. Kyle Wilcher is on the team. Uh, Sam Kyle Bu- Wilcher from Canada. <laughs> oh, he is. Sam Bueller, the the seven five center. I think it's Sam Bueller. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. My bad. Uh, Dylan Brooks also on the team, the Oregon guard. Uh, a guy named Carl English, who I'm not familiar with, is also on the team. Uh, so Jamal Murray, born February 23rd, 1997. Carl English, born February 2nd, 1981. Whoa. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's any relation to Alex English or not, but uh, that weird. is a uh, there's. There's a serious age gap there, so it's a pretty, uh, pretty well, solid. All the guys you mentioned are older. I mean, obviously, are older than than. than I mean, Sim Bueller graduated college last year. I mean, he's a seven six monster out of New Mexico. He's got another brother, I believe, that plays college basketball at the same school at New Mexico State too. That's like seven foot six. Uh, and then Anthony Bennett, even though he left as a freshman, was you know still a freshman two years ago in college. So yeah, he's going to be probably. I mean, that lineup you just named tells me he's probably going to play though. I mean, the better players you just named were mostly big men anyway. Yeah, he'll play, and he'll also have Brady. It, it, it sounds like, I mean, they're five. They're starting five, I think, would be pretty good, especially offensively. Uh, defensively, maybe have some trouble. Uh, but but certainly certainly offensively, I think they're going to be able to score with anybody. Hey, hey, Canada sucks a lot of things. I know they gave us trivia pursuits. They gave us penicillin. Thanks for that one, by the way, guys. But, I mean, they, 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 they have gotten a lot better basketball. I mean, they, they, yes. Canada's yes. going to be – a threat to us in basketball a lot sooner than later. I don't think they'd ever, I don't think they'd be a real threat. Oh, I they think could they, be a threat. I, I, I mean, even if you had a Canadian starting five of all their best young guys and they progressed perfectly, 
you, you could still get an American team that was just better. I mean, you just you could. Didn't say the Americans wouldn't be better. I just said Canadian would be a threat. They've never been a there's, threat in the past. There's this guy named Anthony Davis that's actually American and uh, pretty good. <laughs> I know people I, people get. Uh, I've heard that name before. People get um, people get confused that he is an uh, American. Some think he's just some sort of alien that's unbelievable at his at his craft. Um, I think it's good Jamal Murray's doing this. It gives him he, he's like you said the the old freshman playing up on JV sort of deal. It will make him more. Uh, it, it'll get him some more experience playing against some uh, better talent as he will experience in college. Yes, it may hurt slightly from a chemistry standpoint. But it is just one player. He'll be able to pick up that up pretty quickly. Now, if there's a few players, it'd be a different story. Uh, it's just one. Everybody else is already in uh, in Lexington and at Kentucky. So uh, we're out of time for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll see you then. Take a shot of Tron. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to BG in my zone. Let me hear you say high time. Sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life. When they say I'm going wrong and I swear I'm